The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hello, I'm Abby Marison. I am one of the education program managers for Festival Bridge, and I have 10 years under my belt as teaching uh, in a primary school. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm currently teaching year four class in Milton Keynes, but I've worked in every key stage and key stage two downwards. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with this week's folktale from Taiwan. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for No Tigers on the Table. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the marvellous Mario Coelho, the full audiobook for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby, Rob and Mr. Chen here. We're moving into English today. And um, Rob, you were saying that the structure of this story had uh, given you a few English ideas for our ages 7 to 11. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the way that the story is written is kind of almost like Lego building blocks is the way I say it. And you can, <laughs> um, you've got, so you've got the structure there, but you can change the colour of them. So you can change certain details and you could write a similar story in with the same method, the same formula. Mm. Um, you could, I guess you could even write a story about a different Chinese zodiac animal Yeah, in the same sense. So you could explore... Um, not just the tiger, but the the dog, the rabbit, the the rat, the cat, all of them. Mm. You could give them their own version of this story. And I know that we have already got a, a, a story. Yes, there is a Chinese story of, for the year of the dog, which is available to anyone who's signed up as an epic educator as a as a bonus. It's a it's a very different story, but I'm I'm liking your idea of taking the um, the character of of whatever animal it is um, and slotting this in and maybe reusing this story every year in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Seeing what difference it would make, actually, because um, if, if it was the dog, for example, the dog is actually quite a, a friendly animal. That's one that you, um, I mean, one of the qualities of, of the dog is is friendship and friendliness. Even as an animal, we think of it as man's best friend, etc. So yeah, yeah. presumably it's not going to be so terrifying when it runs into the house. So how actually is a dog going to actually get people up onto the table and away from the flood <laughs> yeah it could be quite fun to work out depends how high the legs are i guess doesn't it on the table it might need a trampoline to step up there <laughs> <laughs> that's also looking very dog-like <laughs> so the old john lewis advert with the dog on the trampoline yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've been looking as well recently at retelling stories in the comic book or comic ah. strip fashion so you kind of it kind of it strips the story right down to you're not using all the language to give the the imagery you've got to provide that in the picture but you've still got to get the story to flow and mm -hmm. to get the you're looking at speech 
so make sure you've got speech bubbles or thought bubbles and mm. um you still need to include um your time connected meanwhile five minutes later in in a box at the top and things like that so that's another way you could rewrite this story I love um, that I love that Rob because Dogman uh, and other Dave Pilkey uh, books are an absolute favorite with my six and seven year olds at the moment so you know if, if that was their job at school they would just be thrilled to bits mm. and it's uh, another benefit of thinking about stories like that is you have to think about where you want people's attention to be um it's, it's similarity between um comics and storyboarding i guess when you're um putting together a film but you're you're thinking what not just you know if, if every single panel was the room um it's going to get you know very samey to to draw or to to look at but you need to show people the right part of the room or the, the clue yeah. to what's about yeah. to happen or, or things like yeah, that definitely. yeah i had one final bit as well which is um some dictionary skills oh i know that my current class have grown up in an age of tablets or things where you can say siri how do you spell this or what does this mean they're not entirely sure how to use a dictionary anymore mm. not in the same way that um adults would have been taught how to use a dictionary so um it's kind of something which could go across the whole of key stage two just first of all looking up the meanings of some of the words there's some fantastic words in here mm. my favorite one was pandemoniously i think <laughs> That's an awesome word i think um, cantankerous yeah, it's just cantankerous. such a lovely word yeah. to say <laughs> um, but these are I'm imagining these are going to be words that um, students aren't going to necessarily know the meaning of straight away. So for your, yes, the lower end of key stage two could be, what do these words mean? Mm. But then also building, well, how, how do I find these in the dictionary? What if I just go straight to the, the, the C section, am I going to find, is it going to be on that page? Do I need to skip forward to seven pages or mm. things like that? Because the dictionaries are really useful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that will come in at the upper end of key stage one as well definitely really really important skill i'm i'm loving this idea of stories being like lego bricks that you can sort of uh recolor and and put in slightly different orders i was just wondering because because you 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 went from that very quickly into the the comic book idea yeah. so i want to just drag you back and slow okay, you down a sure. little bit and say so, yeah, how would yeah. you actually um how would that look in a lesson so what I would uh, I would have the version of the story that we've got mm. on the screen, and then I would highlight parts which have to stay the same, okay, and then bits which the children can change. Right. So, for example, you could change the the names of the characters. You could change his job, Mister Chen. You could change the animal, but if you want there still to be a sense of there's a, an emergency which the animal needs to be part of and that's something you need to keep in there. Mm. So it could be a flood, it could be uh, a war, it could be famine, it could be uh, any kind of emergency that the animal is going to help or gotcha. people get lost or mm. I guess like for your younger key stage two, it's going to be more, oh, someone's got lost and the dog leads them to safety or... Yeah, well, in that case, then the, the the bonus story we have for Epic Educators would be a really good example of that because it's a very different challenge that the dog is having to help them face. I think it, it's kind of like 
thinking about it now, it's very similar to a, a Noah story, but just without the flood. Um, and our tiger story is kind of like a Noah story without Noah. So, <laughs> so yeah, we could uh, definitely by by exposing your children to more stories that run a similar kind of pattern, but with different characters and different solutions, um, is going to broaden their own. Uh, creative abilities to think of think of ways to do that definitely i found it also helps with them uh, the children who are sometimes reluctant to write for mm. you say okay we're going to write a story about this and they go i've got no idea where to start yep. you go well these bits are going to stay the same but all you need to do is work out these bits to change then it gives them it's not oh i've got no idea where yes. to start what yeah. to write you're more able ones you can expect them to provide a lot more detail but for mm. your, your more reluctant writers you've got the bricks in place and they just need to make it a window instead of a door yeah absolutely the thing we often say uh, I, I found myself saying it actually in a school really recently because I keep having teachers saying to me you know so and so has no imagination or, or this this mm. class has no imagination these pupils have no imagination that there is no such thing as a human being without imagination. It's impossible. It's intrinsic in humanity. But the imagination is infinite. It's limitless. So what you often get is just an inability to choose. And because in schools at the moment, there is a little bit of a culture, I know not led by anybody here present on this podcast, and probably not by anybody listening to this podcast, but there is a bit of a culture of having tests, having to get things right. And so that is what puts the, the fear of choosing something from their imagination into children. They're, they're desperate to make sure they get the right answer. So of course they're going to struggle to pick out something from this infinite realm of possibility to use as the start of their story or the middle of their story. So what you've just described there, Rob, is a really good way of overcoming that particular barrier to things to say, okay, this is what you've got, basically, you just need to add your own colour to it. Yeah. So yeah. change change the animal. Which animal do you like? The right answer is going to be the animal that you like, not yeah. the animal that I like, not the animal that so and so likes. It's your it's your choice now. Ghost storytelling. <laughs> Ghost storytelling, absolutely. <laughs> Well, as we go down the ages then to uh, the four to seven age bracket, what, what do you have for us, Abby? So I think I'm going to take everybody back to what we discussed yesterday in part and pick up on emotional literacy. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm certainly hearing from schools that I'm working with that this is an area that owing to the, the pandemic and the way things have been, that young people need more scaffolding around how to deal with their emotions and things and, and how they talk about how they feel and, and being able to express that. And, and that was mentioned yesterday. So when I first picked up this story, the first thing that came into my mind and any other early years teachers, I'm sure will do the same thing. You cannot teach in the early years in Key Stage 1 range without coming across The Tiger Who Came to Tea by Judith Kerr. I of think course, it's, yeah. it just doesn't happen, really. So I would make sure that the two are linked because I think I've got mm. this lovely image of like a tiger topic. We are going to think about tigers, but what's really nice about this is, is it can go in all kinds of places. And I know that Rob will be uh, talking about geography later this week. So you can think about the origin of tigers and where they live and, and, and go into that. But with the literacy, have the tiger who came to tea and have no tigers on the table, explore them both. 
really great thing for younger children is simply sequencing. So making sure mm. that they can actually describe um, what happens from what's the beginning of the story, what's the middle of the story, what's the end of the story. It's quite a, a straightforward thing that you do with the early years. Um, but what I really like about comparing the two stories is you know, we, we've got two very hungry tigers. We've got one <laughs> who actually goes in and, and is invited for some food, but eats everything that he comes across, you know, mm. all the water out the tap, absolutely everything, to this tiger who's thrown the old dumpling off the table and he's actually, you know, either, yes, I'm a really hungry tiger and I'm trying to eat all the villagers, or there's a great big flood coming and I'm just trying to get on the table. And, and so um, you can either do it in a, in a really oral way and, and lots of discussion. You could do some nice role play around this and, you know, do um, yeah. freeze frames and getting the young people to go, okay, well, um, get your partner to guess which tiger are you? Are you the tiger from the tiger who came to tea? Are you sipping a cup of tea? I'm doing a little pinky up. Uh, motion with my hand at the moment <laughs> or are you uh, desperately trying to get up a ladder and actually you're slipping so you've got a, a tiger trying to grab the ladder oh, so freeze brilliant. frames is a really nice drama thing to do um but you can do some nice partner work with that because the partner has got to read the emotions and read the situation as okay. well as someone use their imagination to physically embody the tiger from one of the stories and you, you've got a bit of a game going on there but i just i quite like that idea i just love this I love all the tigers. Yeah, do you know what? I think I might steal that idea myself because uh, when, when we go in and we're storytelling for schools, we often have to run activities linked to the story afterwards. Okay. Um, I love the idea of, yeah, getting... Well, I, a way I usually do freeze frames is get, getting them done as a group. So um, the children will make the freeze frames together and I will then go around and see if I can guess which part of the story they are trying okay. to show me. So it's, it's yeah, there, there's still a... a, a competitive element to it but it's it's me having to to guess rather than than each other um they're mm. working together to present the best image uh, but yeah that, that's that's a lovely idea to mm. to try and have it with two different stories so you're trying to guess which yeah. story they are representing especially when they're so similar yeah and i think maybe the reason why i'm visually really seeing all of this is because uh, a number of years ago the national trust did um, a huge thing on the tiger who came to tea. I think it was to celebrate an anniversary of either the story or Judith Kerr before she passed yeah. away. Um, and every single, well, we visited one of the National Trust places and all the activities that they did around the tiger who came to tea, things from hiding cuddly tigers all around, uh, I think it was Blickling Hall, so a really uh, amazing uh, estate house as it was but getting taking young children around and uh, and then seeing this tiger in a really old-fashioned kitchen a huge cuddly tiger surrounded by uh, food but then you can look at what the kitchen looked like and things so yeah if any uh, national trust or, or organization wants to um, have no tigers on the table and <laughs> make it <laughs> make it kind of a, a, a visit. I just think it really brings the story to life in in such a fantastic way. And it's great to get out and visit houses like that and, and just look at the way people used to live as well. Yeah. Can I just to add to that? I think that if I remember correctly, last year the Christmas Channel 4 animation was the tiger who came to tea. Yeah, mm. it is still on iPlay. You can can okay. access that, I'm sure. Uh, Robbie Williams made a song for it. But yeah, they did, they did a really nice animated version of it, which is close to the story, which I always love. 
That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at teachhappily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the village of Sinkang will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to, to hear, hear your, your story, story soon. soon.